It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the, to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Oh, and yes! Touchdown! Did he get it? Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric France and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. Uh, this hour, we've got pick six. We've got Utah State, Utah Tech preview. We'll hear from Coach Odom. Aggies taking on the Trailblazers tonight in the Spectrum. Uh, go up there, see them in person. Face the uh, former Aggie as the head coach across the way. It was a lot of fun talking to Coach Judkins yesterday. Catching up with him and hearing his stories. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with that interview. You know, just it's really fun talking to guys about, you know, former Aggies, talking about their time here at Utah State, hearing their perspective and how things have changed, you know, stories of, uh, you know, their own success or their time. It's just so much fun to, uh, to talk to those guys. Well, and interesting just to hear the progression of that, that program down there, how they've evolved over these last several years as he's been the head coach through all of it and uh, just trying to move that program forward. Yeah, a team that's well, they jumped up from, I think, all under his tenure, I think he said they jumped up from junior college to Division two, and then up to Division one, which those transitions aren't easy to make because you get teams that are just absolutely dominant in, um, in their sphere. And then if they try and make the jump up to Division one. It can just be so hard because things just change. You know, the, the talent level changes. Um, and, and some teams are able to, you know, uh, overcome that. You look at Division One football, you know, Appalachian State or Appalachian State. I forget how you're supposed to say it. I think it's Appalachian. Yeah. Um, they were Division Two or Division One A or whatever. They had the – when they beat Michigan, that, that famous game. Mm-hmm. They weren't a Division or what we would call FBS team now. They have since made the transition to FBS, and they crack the top 25, you know, every now and again. They've made themselves into a really solid uh, G5. I think they're in the AAC, I think, is where they ended up. Um, pretty sure I'm not 100% sure on that. But they've made themselves into a good team, a good program, but it took them a minute. Um, so some of these t- these teams, when they're elite. They're in the Sun Belt. They're in the Sun Belt, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because Appalachian State, they were they were like the top tier, um, you know, again, what we'd call FCS team, 1AA. Um, then they made that jump, and not all teams survived that. Right. James Madison is another one that made that jump this year. Uh, they're on top of the East Division of the Sun Belt. They're 8-3 yeah. and three overall. Yeah, that's usually the exception where you, you dominate in your first year. We look at Utah Tech, their first year – nutty year where they went like five and ten and then they go 13 and 18 last year um this year they're three and four have played a murderer's row schedule where five of their first seven so five of their games so far on the road games against like nevada 
Arizona. Suddenly forgetting them all. Bunch of really good teams. Yeah, Washington, Nevada, Arizona were the notables. Yeah, and then you know a couple other road games against maybe not super high teams, but again they're Cal State Northridge, yeah. Fullerton, they're, Idaho. They're tough relative to who Utah Tech was used to playing, and so a lot of times you can get up for a big game for if you're Utah Tech, you can maybe get up and and play tough against any opponent. But when you have to do that game after game after game after game, that's just harder to pull off. And it's a process that you have to learn. Coaches, you got to be able to learn. Players, you got to be able to learn. So it's a different animal. You also got to get better at recruiting. And you have to deal with going at being at the forefront of recruiting in your, you know, space to suddenly being dead last in terms of, you know, how good you can be as far as recruiting. And you've got to catch up. Some teams pull it off, some teams don't. Yeah, it's a... Uh... It's a tall order. Yeah. Very and, tall order. Yeah, and we'll see how Utah, T- Utah Tech does. Last year they did all right in the WAC. Cause they're, in, they're, yeah, they're in the WAC, right? Yep. Uh, they did all right, not great. And they're replacing some guys from last year. They lost some talent from last year's team. They're doing all right this year. We probably You probably you can't really judge them based off their non-conference schedule. We'll have to you know, get a real beat on who they are based on how they do in the WAC. Because, um, like I said, they're playing a ridiculously hard schedule for for a team, you know, in the whack. Yeah. Well, and they, they as you talked about yesterday, they kind of have to. Um, yeah, we, I, mean, I know we got the text the other day, you know, how is it they have a tougher non-conference, you know, strength of schedule uh, than Utah State does, as if, you know, Utah State should be playing tougher teams. Well, uh, <laughs> Utah Tech kind of has to. I mean, that is – a big chunk of how they fund their program. They have to go do these buy games uh, as part of their transition and just trying to build their program. So you're going to go play some tough teams and get paid to uh, let those other teams work out their kinks. Yeah, that's that's just the way those programs have to work. So in Utah State, they're kind of in the middle where sometimes they get those buy games. I don't know if they're paying Utah Tech to do this. But Utah State struggles to schedule because of that, because they can either um, they either have to go on the road to play, uh, you know, one of these elite teams, or they can host a bunch of middling programs. Uh, like like look right now, where they're playing teams in the 100 to 150 range in the Ken Palm, and of course a lot of those they worked out a home and home with them, you know, which is nice they're able to do that. That's really hard to do with a lot of teams because not everyone's willing because everyone wants to play at home in non-conference. Yes, everyone wants to play at home and then play in neutral site tournaments or play in neutral site neutral sites that are right next to their home. Right, like Boise State had a game in Boise against Washington State, but it wasn't at the whatever it's called now, Extra Mile Arena. Yeah, um, and. There's been a number of those. Like, it's going to happen for the Aggies this weekend against San Francisco. They'll play at the Chase Center where the Warriors play in San Francisco, but it's not on campus for the Dons. So it's considered a neutral site game. Yeah, and they need to they need to fix that classification for the NET. Like, for instance, Ken Palm, if you look at theirs, he has a category semi-away or semi-home where he recognizes, yeah, you're not really. <laughs> you're not really a you're not really away. Yeah. 
But yeah, that's that's the beast of this where Utah State stuck in this middle group where there's a bunch of teams that will not play them. Um, they won't come to Logan, and at best, the best the Utah State can do is a neutral site. That's why the Beehive Classic was a thing because BYU refuses to come here. Utah refuses and, to yeah, come here. So more it's like so. they had to do this dumb neutral site thing. And that's where a lot of these other teams, granted, I think the San Francisco might be a, I think it might end up being a quasi home and home where I think, except I brought this up in one of the media availabilities and he answered and he was, he was very open about it. I just can't remember what he said, where I think the San Francisco may end up, they may end up coming to Utah for a neutral site game, I think in Vivint, but I'm not sure. I'd have to go back and, and re-listen to that interview where I asked him about that. Well, I know BYU has games they play in the in Vivint. I think Utah has one or two that they do periodically here and there. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me that Utah State could get into that mix uh, as well in the yeah. future. It, it wouldn't be too hard for them. It's just finding you know an opponent that's willing to do a neutral site game that's right next to where you, you live because those are kind of dumb. You know, it's not like Loyola Marymount in Utah State going to Vegas. That's pretty much a neutral site. Yes. So, or, you know, when everyone goes to Hawaii, it's like, yeah, neutral site. Uh, when they end up playing Seattle and, and a bunch of other teams, even though a lot of those teams are, I guess, the only home team in that case, Hawaii is playing in that tournament. But even though a lot of those other teams are technically closer to Hawaii, it's obviously far enough away it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. It's true. Unless all your fans own boats <laughs> that are capable of navigating the Pacific. Yeah, good luck with that. Are you allowed to just boat to the Pacific? Or <laughs> I don't know. That's a long. Uh, I mean, yeah, but can you just ride. do it? Like, is there any legal? Is there any legal restriction to just uh, probably boating not. out into the Pacific? Just you take your life at your own risk. <laughs> if you got a big enough boat, so there's always like sometimes there can be travel restrictions, but I guess it's interstate travel. Uh, just, just hop on the iPacific. <laughs> the iPacific. Uh, you got a chance to catch up with Coach Odom just the other day uh, and hear him talk about his team. A little bit of a break here for the Aggies before they get back going again. Um, concern about with that much of a break having some rust against a team that they might be overlooking in Utah Tech? Um, I mean, I asked Odom about like the, you know, coming off a break and. He seemed to feel it was more of a good thing. Like I think initially when he answered, he was like, yeah, there's always a bit of worry. But in the end, he seemed to feel like it was a good thing for his uh, team to have this long break. Yeah, it's never easy, you know, when you you know you get used to playing, you know, every few nights and then all of a sudden you have a little bit of a break. You know, it was great for our guys from a Thanksgiving perspective to be able to be with their families, those that couldn't, you know, came to, came to our house. So, you know, it's always good to, you know, kind of, refresh and begin to look at you know some things that had happened you know during the first start regardless of the results you can try to improve a little bit and that's really what we focused on so interesting yeah that there's um a a chance not that utah state necessarily had a, a brutal travel schedule or games and short turnarounds coming into this little break but they had training camp, then you have games. It's kind of nice to have a little bit of a breather here to fine-tune, like, what are we doing well? What do we need to work on? Who can we 
uh, spend extra time with in the gym uh, before because now it's not again like they have a lot of games stacked against them, but relatively short turnaround with Utah Tech tonight, and then they got to get on a plane and go take on a good San Francisco team on Sunday. Yeah, the main concern I would have had with this break is because for some teams, let's say Utah State had gone one in four before this break. Yeah, you want this break. It was like when Utah State got the bye week after, you know, getting drubbed by Weber State. They needed that badly. This team didn't really need a break. Their their shooting is so hot, they're they're lighting the nets on fire. Like this team right now is literally the best three point shooting team in the country. They're making 47.8% of their threes. Like, it is insane. They are, uh, according to Synergy Sports, the best jump-shooting team in the country. Not one of the best. The best jump-shooting country in the team. And you're going on break. Shooting team in the country. Yeah. What what did I say? Best shooting country in the team. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) We knew what you're talking about. They're shooting so well that I can't even speak straight about it. <laughs> so, and I'm also staring at the World Cup table, so I'm thinking of countries. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you go on a break, and it might make you rusty. It might make you a bit cold. You might have a couple extra pounds of Thanksgiving dinner still on you. Um, this could be a game where the Aggies come out and shoot like, 30% from three have a bad night. Or they could just come out and shoot 50% again from three. Who knows? I don't know what to think of these guys anymore. They're ridiculous at times. But in a way, it's actually also nice they're playing Utah Tech coming out of this break because if they shoot like 30% from three, they could still beat Utah Tech by 10. Uh, this is a game that most you know analytics places are expecting, and even the Vegas spread. They're basically expecting Utah State to win by about 20. Last time I checked the spread, it was like 18 and a half. Yeah, I think I just looked, it was 19. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's moved up. And Ken Palm, their score prediction, I think, has Utah State by 19. And a couple others that I look at have them by about 18, 19, 20 points. So if Utah State has a bad night, they could win by 10, still do just fine. Um, so, and again, that's wrapping all around to the original point is that you are really hot going into the break. Um. Have they cooled off? And they will inevitably cool off because they have two guys shooting 55% from three. That will cool down. Question is, how much? Are they still all shooting in the 40s? Or do they fall all the way down into the mid-30s? That's the question. And so a couple of things here from Coach Odom about three-point shooting, just how well they're shooting and what happens if those shots aren't falling. And so let's first start off with just how Utah State has been blistering the th- from uh, the uh, three-point line. But uh, with this break, there may be some concern with that cooling off. Our expectation, we don't have a specific percentage in mind that we want to shoot every every game, but we just want to take the right shots. And I think our guys have done that. You know, certainly, you know, adding Taylor to the mix, Steven being out on the court more, Max being out on the court more now. It's three really good shooters. And it doesn't stop there. We all know Ryland you know, has games where he'll knock four in, and uh, Sean can knock in knock in threes as well. RJ, you know, is a guy. Z's really elevated his three point shooting. So, you know, it's it's for us. It's about taking the right shots, and, and I think our guys have done done that so far this season. 
So, I mean, clearly three-point shooting is definitely a, a focus of this team. And it was last year, but they didn't really have great outside shooting. They had some shooters, some shooters who we expected more out of and they underperformed. Um, but that's clearly been a point of emphasis in the offseason and in recruiting. And, man, so far <laughs> they've been lights out from uh, beyond the arc. Yeah, one of the interesting things about this team is that they brought in basically two new players to the rotation. They had like four, I think, newcomers. Uh, Falslev, Isaac Johnson, Atkin, and um, Taylor Funk. Funk. So, But only two of those guys are in the rotation. Two of them are redshirting. And so that's... So, in terms of three-point shooting, you added one new three-point shooter. And I mentioned Utah State being the top three uh, jump-shooting team in the country. Last year, they were 210th. You change one guy in the rotation, and you jump 209 <laughs> spots. Well, Odom pretty much nailed it in that quote where uh, it's more just who's taking the shots now. Ashworth, he was the leader in three-point attempts last year, but... You know, he's, again, a focal point of this offense. You add Taylor Funk in there. Max Schulga was way down in terms of three-point shots. He's up in, you know, the top five in attempts this year. And so you have different guys taking threes. Like last year, um, Brandon Horvath was, like, second or third. I think he was second in three-point attempts. I think Brock Miller was in the top four, top five in three-point attempts. Those two guys shot, like, 30% and 31% from three. So it's... All about who's taking those shots. Is it the 30%, you know, Brandon Horvath? Or is it the 47% Max Shulga? Is it 31% Brock Miller or 55% Taylor Funk? You know, who's taking the shot means more. And there's other players who have improved. For instance, Rylan Jones last year shot like 30, 31%. This year he's at like 45%. So, and I don't know, I don't, that's probably the one that's least likely to hold. But if he goes up into the high 30s overall this season, that's a huge... Still, yeah, big net positive. Yeah, it's huge. So it's like, that's you know that, that's a lot of why this team has just absolutely exploded. Some of it, they are, they are 100% shooting way better than they have any right to be. You do not shoot 55% for an entire season. No. But these are guys that you could believe might shoot in the 40% range. And so that will... Uh, you know, that's something that can hold, and it means this team is way better shooting than they were last year or maybe ever have been. But if those shots stop falling like they have been, if the shooting does cool off, what happens then? There's no question. I mean, you're not going to shoot it perfectly all year. You're going to have times where you're missing wide open shots. And so that's your defense. That's why we work on defense every single day and you know, where we can impact the game. You know, from a defensive perspective, and then also you have to have the ability to throw the ball into the post. You know, some, and I think we've got that ability to do. I mean, we've thrown it in. Guys, have, teams have doubled us so far, so that can create opportunities as well. So we have to be prepared for however the defense plays us. Um, and we, we certainly we want to we want our guys to be confident shooting the basketball. We never want them. You know, shying away from shots or, or expecting the worst to come, right? It's more about, okay, how can we move the needle, you know, in the areas that we're not doing so well right now? And I think that's, that's been our focus. I don't know why anyone in their right mind is double-teaming Dan Akin in the post. 
Because Odom's not wrong. You know, a lot of teams will double in the post no matter who it is. It's weird. I. It'd, it'd be nice to sit down with the coach and actually just talk about like the theory behind that. Just, okay, this guy who never scores in the post. Granted, Akin does have something of a post game. He has a go-to move in his turnaround hook shot, and he's decent at it. He's not elite at it, but he's he's decent. He can get points, and that's where a lot of his points have come from is the ability to get that turnaround hook to fall, and he can manufacture points that way. But even still, he's not super efficient at it. You'd probably live with a with a Dan Akin turnaround hook, you know, rather than a corner Stephen Ashworth three. Like, which one of these? Which one of those would you rather have? Yeah, that's uh, true. So I don't know why teams are doubling. And a lot of times they they're smart about it, so that even though they'll pass to a wide open guy, they can rotate and and uh, recover just fine. But still, it's weird that teams would focus on double teaming in the post because if you know if Atkins able to pass out of the post which can be bigs are sometimes really iffy on making the right pass which is actually what made Nemeas Keta so special he's really good at passing out of the post and and acting isn't quite that um but if you get the right pass then that's where I was talking about breaking down the defense earlier if defense double teams they're basically breaking them down themselves and all you got to do is find the right pass and you know, you can be home free. It just takes a series of passes. You know, this is where a lot of the times you'll see a team pass it all the way around the arc. They finally find the open person. Once the number of guys who can spin out to the three-point line is run out, they've run out of guys who can do that, then you end up with a wide-open three. So it's weird that teams will double-team in the post when the Aggies' strength is clearly three-point shooting. They don't have any good post players. As far as, I should say, scoring out of the post. They have a couple guys who can... In Akin and Bearstow, that's not like that's not but, their bread and butter. Yeah, you wouldn't call them post players. Yeah. It's just not that's not how they play. It's not how they're designed in the offense to operate. Yeah, that's it's they go to that when they have nothing else and they just need to manufacture points however they can. And those plays happen, you know, ten times a game or something like that. But like why would you focus on stopping that somewhat rare play and generally largely inefficient it's why it only happens a couple times you don't go to that why would you focus on stopping that rather than that and and honestly but since so many coaches do it craig smith did it they doubled in the post no matter who it was it's why i'd like to have a chance to sit down with the coach like okay why do we do this you know explain it to me it's where my knowledge may be short in terms of basketball uh all right so more on that more about uh, previewing utah state and utah tech We'll learn a little bit more about their team from uh, Coach Odom's perspective and uh, uh, more of your texts as well. Love to hear from you. 435-339-0321 here on the Full Court Press. Your skis are skinny and your boots tie with leather. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You need up-to-date ski equipment and your kids want the good stuff. Al Sporting Goods has season ski rental for the entire family. Ski and board equipment that you can rent for the entire season. Pick them up now, bring them back in May. And for a limited time, get a free Cherry Peak Lift Pass. Youth season ski or snowboard rental, only $99. Adult season ski or snowboard rentals, only $114. Don't wait. 99 and 114 season ski rental prices will go up. 
Al's Sporting Goods for season ski rentals. Every sport, every season. The Young Automotive Group is proud to announce Young Truck and Trailer Center in Cache Valley. Whether it's heavy equipment trailers, horse trailers, race car trailers, or cargo and utility trailers, we're excited to offer some of the finest trailers and flatbed work trucks to Cache Valley. Our team of experts look forward to helping you find the right truck or trailer to fit your needs. With competitive prices offered on every make and model for sale on our lot. With our extensive inventory, you'll find the best deals right here in Cache Valley. Young Truck and Trailer Center, just off Highway 89 in Logan. Think young, drive young. We're heading into some crazy weather this winter, which means power outages. Tyler and his team at Golden Spike Electric can install a Generac automatic standby generator for your home so you can avoid issues when the power goes out. If you have one already, Golden Spike Electric can maintain your Generac automatic standby generator for you. Find them online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. Golden Spike Electric and Generac automatic standby generators. Power you can count on. Sunday on Compass Media Networks, coverage of the NFL. It's a Week 13 showdown as the San Francisco 49ers host the Miami Dolphins. Hi, this is Jeff Biggs. Join Bill Rosinski, Chad Brown, and myself for all the action as the tied for first place Dolphins go for six wins in a row against the first place 49ers who have won four in a row. It's the Dolphins and the 49ers. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon, beginning at 1.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Which local high schools do you follow and support? Find your favorite high school logoed items at the Locker 42 North store. Yes, Locker 42 North has high school logoed hoodies, t-shirts, blankets, and more. Green Canyon, Mountain Crest, Logan, Ridgeline, and Skyview can all find their high school logos on apparel at Locker 42 North. And high school logoed items make great Christmas gifts. Logoed items from all your favorite high schools exclusively at the Locker 42 North store, 1430 North Main, next to Little Caesars. Hi, this is Jeff John, head golf professional at Logan River Golf Course. It's time once again for our annual holiday pass sale. We have all of our season passes as well as punch passes on sale at the lowest prices of the season. Adult and senior season passes, junior passes, adult and senior punch passes on sale. We have all of our merchandise in the shop on sale from 10 to 40% off. Hats, shoes, assorted clubs, men's and ladies wear, gloves, and of course golf balls which make great stocking stuffers. Happy holidays from all of us at the Logan River Golf Course. Play well, play fair, play fast. Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Back to the full court press. Uh, it's what I love to refer to as the most wonderful time of the year. Tongue firmly planted in cheek. Uh, <laughs> high school basketball games get game times get changed on a whim, and we don't know about it. And uh, then guys can't cover games we'd planned on. We do the best that we can, so bear with us. Uh, the te- uh, you know, technical issues happen on our end. We're working through them. Uh, we do know one score from earlier today. Uh, Ridgeline uh, winning their game uh, down in St. George, down in southern Utah. So they won their opener. 
Uh, we do not have the Skyview game, which is going on as we speak. Uh, but we will have the Skyview game tomorrow uh, as they take on Desert Hills. We'll have that game here on the fan starting at 4 o'clock. Our friends down in Southern Utah calling the play-by-play for us. Devin Dixon will be on the call, and uh, we'll have full play-by-play here on the fan. And then as soon as that game is over, we'll have this week in the Mountain West the final uh, version of the for the season as the Mountain West kind of uh, recaps the season that was and gets ready for the conference championship game coming up this weekend between Boise State and Fresno State. And um, I haven't looked. I think uh, Boise State's probably favored in that one, I would I would guess. Uh, but I haven't seen the line on that to see what, uh, what they're thinking. Um, we'll see if we can find that real quick. But it uh, looks like Boise favored by three. The game will be played in Boise. Now, we do have some of these conference championship games starting um, Friday. The um, the Conference USA, North Texas versus UTSA. That's at 5.30 on CBS Sports Network. On Fox, it'll be Utah versus USC. That should be a doozy. Uh, USC favored by two and a half. Uh, that game being played in Las Vegas. And then uh, a whole host of games on Saturday. But uh, as we mentioned, that game between Fresno State and Boise State will be 2 o'clock on Fox if you want to tune in and uh, watch that one. Normally it's on CBS, but with the new agreement um, and uh, new broadcast rights, the uh, conference championship game will be 2 o'clock on Fox uh, between Fresno State and Boise State. So... A uh, couple different games that should be really, really interesting to check in on. Um, probably one of the more notable ones will be that Utah and USC game, but that's uh, going to be played tomorrow uh, tomorrow evening in Las Vegas. Uh, a couple more comments from Coach Ryan Odom. You know, This is a Utah State team taking on a Utah, Utah Tech team, which would, no, which would love nothing more than to play spoiler in Logan. Uh, this is a team that does have some dynamic guards. They're not a big team, so Utah State can try to use that to their advantage. But they do have a couple of guards that the Aggies will have to watch out for, and we heard that from uh, Coach Judkins yesterday. But uh, notably, Gooden uh, at the guard play. Now, you know, Christensen is their, their big player who they do have in the low post, and uh, some of their more dynamic players to watch for tonight when Utah State takes on Utah Tech. Gooden's a really good player. Uh, he can get to the rim on you and cause problems. He, he makes his teammates better. Christensen around the rim is tough. You'll see how big he is you know, tomorrow night. He's a big guy, and he's got moves around the basket, and he's an elite passer. Like, he can really pass the basketball. Um, and they do a good job of moving him around. You know, they have a ton of different sets that they run. Uh, they have really good size, you know, um, you know, around the perimeter and also in the front court, around the front court. So, yeah, some some decent players that Utah State will have to watch out for. I don't know that it, you know, anybody necessarily better or more dynamic than USU has faced so far to this point. But uh, certainly, you know, defense has to keep an eye on these guys. Yeah, they will. Gooden is a, is a player who can uh, – um, he can make some things happen, obviously averaging about 16 points. He can get into the lane, but obviously he's going to 
maybe face some taller opponents than maybe he's uh, capable of handling. He's only 5'11". Um, this is a team that's a little short outside of their center. They have a 6'10 center, so, you know, solid height there. Um, but then they're starting a 5'11 guard, a 6'1 guard, a 6'5 uh, guard forward, and a 6'5, you know, forward. So it's like they're a bit, they're a bit small. Yeah. Um, I think on their roster they have – I think they have – two or three players in just in their rotation that are more than six foot seven. They're taller than six, seven Utah state has like five or six guys in the rotation that are taller than that. I think they have three guys in their starting lineup in the lineup. Yeah. That the are six, seven. They add two guys off the bench that are six, seven or taller. So the Utah state will have a size course. That doesn't always mean rebounds. Uh, you know, Odom seemed impressed with their ability to rebound. Um, Always that's been a focus. We talked about we talked to uh, Coach Judkins about that yesterday, about his team's you know focus on rebounding despite maybe a lack of height. Um, yeah, we'll see. Utah State has every reason to be able to defend these guys and out rebound them and all that, but you know having the ability and actually doing it is two different things. Because like on paper, Utah State should win this game by twenty, but you don't win games on paper. And Utah State still needs to come out and perform well. If they can, they can use this as a chance to flex their muscles and round into form. If they don't, they're barely going to scrape by, they're going to have a bad performance, and they won't be in form when they go play a much tougher game against San Francisco. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, some of the things that you know, Coach Odom also addressed is that yeah, this team's off to an undefeated start. They've had some good games. They've had some dynamic performances. But this team, the Aggies, there's still a number of things they need to work on and fine-tune. I mean, we had two elite games, um, you know, from an assist-to-turnover perspective, and then we had three that were not good. And so, you know, we, we pride ourselves on taking care of the ball, and that's something certainly that we want to do. Uh, you know, offensive rebounding, you know, is certainly an area where we want to try to get a little bit better. You know, I think we're better than we've shown so far this season. And then, uh, you know, defending the three. You know, defending the three is always, you know, uh, a tough thing in college basketball nowadays. And, you know, we had two teams shoot the lights out, and we were fortunate to, to win those games because we shot the lights out. So it's, you know, it's not something we want to live with. So, yeah, break is good to fine-tune some of those things in an early going. Um, you know, no real injury concerns here for USU, but there are things that they can – a coaching staff will always find things that a team can get better with. And and look, the Aggies, yes, they're undefeated, but they've had some games that have been pretty close and has taken some Herculean efforts by a couple of guys playing outside of their minds for Utah State to uh, to get those wins. And this is a team that, it, now that we're familiar with who they are, should be built in a way that some of those games probably shouldn't have been as close as they were. Yeah. And really, the the main weakness of this team is its defense right now. It's not it's not like great. They played some good defense early on, but they've not been as some of the teams have been getting better. So they're playing some better shooting teams, some teams with a little bit better talent. We saw that against Oral Roberts, who are probably the most talented team they faced so far, and they really struggled to stop them. So there are some real holes in this team defensively, or at least they've shown some holes. I I I have believed in this team's defensive ability since before the season where you look at they have some great perimeter defenders interior defense isn't great 
but when you have enough good defenders, then you can build a scheme that still makes you good on the interior, even if you don't have a shot blocker. And so Utah State just needs to be able to patch these things up, play good defense. I mean, one thing that worried me a lot was watching Oral Roberts just pick on Taylor Funk. They'd go one-on-one against him, and it was working. And I don't see Taylor Funk as a bad defender. He's a guy who's been, he's not been like a, you know, all defensive guy his whole career, but he's generally been net neutral, maybe a slight net positive. And he was struggling in some of those one-on-one situations. Um, obviously, you're going to give up points at times in one-on-one situations. It just happens. But one-on-one, you're usually at the advantage. One-on-one is a very inefficient um, way to get offense. And the fact that Oral Roberts was going to it over and over showed that they knew they were getting points, and they were getting points out of it. So I'm a little worried um, in some of these cases where Utah State's not shown great you know, defense, one-on-one or just sometimes allowing open threes. So if they can fine-tune that, it's not disastrously bad. It's just something they've got to fine-tune. And if they do that, they'll be a much more complete team, and they'll be capable of getting some big upsets and marquee wins um, you know, as they go further on down the season. Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's great you know, as much of offensive strength as they have, and it's tough for other teams, most other teams, to keep up with that. But um, to really yeah, play well in a, what's showing out to be a really tough Mountain West Conference so far, they'll have to clearly key in on uh, improving their defense. Uh, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. Love to get your thoughts as Utah State prepares for Utah Tech tonight in the Spectrum. Tip-off at 7 o'clock. Pre-game coverage for us on KVNU starting at 6. Uh, more of that coming up next on the Full Court Press. Cycles and Sleds is hosting a huge three-day grand opening and snow show at their new location this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Stop by and see the brand new showroom at 3475 North Highway 91 in Hyde Park. There will be big discounts on motocross gear and snow gear during the grand opening. The new location means better selection on gear and additional service bays. That's the Cycles and Sleds grand opening snow show Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Find out more online at cyclesandsleds.com. Prodigy Brewing has so much appreciation and gratitude for the warm embrace Cash Valley has given us. We want to invite you to join us for Sunday brunch from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Our Sunday-only brunch menu features sweet and savory options such as choro French toast, chilequiles, fried chicken egg sandwich, and a Bloody Mary bar. You also won't want to miss our hash browns. Whether you're out with the family or friends, Prodigy Brewing is the place to be in Cash Valley. Open seven days a week, located at 25 West Center Street in beautiful downtown Logan. You have to see it to believe it. The new Three Peaks Medical Plaza is Cache Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in the Three Peaks Medical Plaza in North Logan. The entire staff and doctors Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cache Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and Three Peaks Medical Plaza, 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CacheValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including Select Med, are accepted. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL, it's a pivotal Week 13 matchup between two playoff hopefuls as the NFC East-leading Philadelphia Eagles host the AFC South leaders, the Tennessee Titans. Hi, this is Chris Carino. Join Brian Baldiger and me for all the action as Jalen Hurts and the Eagles clash with Derrick Henry and the Titans. It's the Eagles and the Titans. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday morning, beginning at 1030 on Sports Talk Radio, 1069 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust the stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit jobs.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Uh, hey, just another reminder. If you could, do what you can to help out the Cash Community Food Pantry this holiday season, whether that's just dropping off a non-perishable food item. Or if you can, donate some, some money. They were able to stretch a dollar a lot more than most. So you can donate through their website uh, or even uh, make a donation through Venmo at cash-pantry and those funds go directly to the Cash Community Food Pantry trying to help uh, uh, families in need this holiday season. Uh, Full Court Press text line 435-339-0321 if you want to weigh in and 9315 texting in a little behind uh, just uh, hopped on the show but did the Aggies know where they're going to play the bowl game? Um, they might know right about now. They're getting up to the point where they're on, you know, the Utah State administration will know, but they won't have announced it yet, obviously. Um, the, the main candidates seem to be, I think, the Idaho Potato Bowl, Frisco, and I think there was one other that seems possible. First responders. Yeah, first responders. Popped up a few times. So I, I think, I think Frisco Bowl is the most popular, uh, at least, you know, that's the popular pick. Obviously, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. Um, interesting, though, that uh, um, New Mexico State, I've heard, is they they were doing a waiver to try and they uh, got their waiver approved. Yeah, so they're gonna they're that's gonna right. get, they're gonna get preference um, over five and seven teams. Even though New Mexico State is five and six, they have a game this week. I think against a um, FCS or non-major opponent. Um, Did they find somebody to play them? I think. I think I'd heard that they were, like, the chatter I'd seen, I didn't look through Yeah, myself. Valparaiso. Yeah, so, but it being a non-major, and New Mexico State's already played a different non-major opponent, so even though they'll probably be 6-6, six and six, it wouldn't have counted. Doesn't count. Uh, but they got the waiver because they had a game canceled, um, which is probably why they're doing this makeup game. Uh, their game against San Jose State was canceled. Um, because there's there's obviously a very tragic death of a San Jose State player, so that game got canceled. I think initially postponed, eventually canceled. Yeah. So they were, um, looking for a waiver because that could have been their sixth win, and they got granted that uh that appeal. So, um, the the difference is they will receive preference for um a bowl appearance. 
So, like, I don't think a team can pick one of the five and seven teams over New Mexico State. Right. They have to be picked. So if they're last, they get picked. And then teams could go to the five and seven teams, which would include UNLV, who's a team that may factor into whether or not Utah State plays in, like, Idaho or Frisco or others. Yeah, bottom line is we don't know yet. Uh, there seem to be some uh, bowls that are maybe talked about a little bit more than others, but uh, publicly it's not known yet. Uh, but that will be revealed officially on Sunday. They do their uh, bowl selection show or reveal show or whatever, but um, but that will be a lot more clearer as we get into the weekend. Also, will there be a, from 9315, will there be a game this year that USU basketball will score over 100 points? Uh, potentially. I mean, they show they've got the firepower to be in that neighborhood. 100-point games are always weird because teams that may not necessarily be super great offensive teams can just get hot and score 100 points. Um, and teams that are super good on offense, like Utah State right now, they haven't quite crossed. They scored 90 points in three straight games, but obviously didn't get there. So, And it's not necessarily that Utah State's playing a weak opponent this week. They also play Westminster and also um, a Weber State team who's kind of down on their luck this year where they're in like the 250s in the Ken Palm, where normally they're much higher. Um, it's not just playing a weak opponent because – Sometimes in the second half, you really let your foot off the gas, and you only end up scoring in the 80s, maybe low 90s. Right. Or, you're, yeah, you're, letting, you're taking your foot off the gas a little bit, or you're bringing rotation guys in who don't usually get as many minutes, and they don't quite score at the same clip as your starters do. Yeah, so it's just it's something that's hard to predict. They, they definitely could. It happens. It's usually happened around once per year for these teams. I can't remember if they did it last year. I don't think so. But they did it under Craig Smith a few times, and you know they've had games more. And more recently, they've been more likely to score 100 points. These two moral teams were never really up for 100 point games. No, those were a lot more. 60, 60 to 65 was usually the sweet spot for yeah. USU basketball back then. Yeah, they were a slower-paced team and, and more defensive, so uh, these more modern teams are more capable of doing it. And, yeah, the, this team probably should score 100 points in one of these games. But I don't it, know. Yeah. Uh, it's possible. I don't know that I'd hold my breath waiting for it, though. Uh, 5879. Dude, how about Hunter Reynolds in the second-team All-American nod? I didn't see that because I'm trying to look up if AP has released their All-Americans. So he was he got recognition from Pro from, Football Focus. Yeah, but that was like honorable was, mention. Yeah, I, I didn't see All-American other than the uh, yeah the the honorable mention stuff. Yeah, there's an there's I think. I'm I'm trying to look it up right now. Yeah, but I'm not um, you know something like that. I mean, USU usually really pretty good with getting that out and sharing it and I'm I haven't seen it yet. So Can you tell us where you saw that. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz I'm I'm looking like and I can't find it. I know we got the honorable mention, but uh second team all-American, I have not seen that. Yeah, and I'm I've not found so while you look that up and uh, tell us where you found that 5879, we'd love to celebrate with you. 
Uh, we're going to take another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. When we come back, pick six. Six things we think might happen this weekend. Coming up next. For those who spend their time outside, find the gifts that go at Cash Honda Yamaha. ATVs, side-by-sides, motorcycles, and all the accessories to go with them. Fox and fly riding gear, casual wear, helmets. In fact, Cash Honda Yamaha has all helmets on sale now. Plus goggles, gloves, hats, riding gear, and heated grips. Even ATV and UTV snowplows. The gifts that go are found at Cash Honda Yamaha at the Light in Hyde Park. As a small business, achieving your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain to climb. This is Brett Green, president of Cash Valley Bank. To conquer this mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cash Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call. Let's work together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. It's never too cold or wet to get rid of that old vehicle. Now is the time to earn extra cash for the holidays by calling DD Auto and Salvage. Let them pay you for that junk vehicle. DD Auto and Salvage makes it easy and fast to get rid of your junker vehicles, paying you the most money possible. Pickup is available. DD Auto and Salvage in Logan wants to pay you today. Call 787-1204. That's 787-1204 today. See store for details. Several families who need help this holiday season have been nominated by trusted individuals. Some of them need winter clothes, others would like toys or music, and others simply need basic necessities. The Cash Valley Media Group is sponsoring Cares for Christmas. Visit caresforchristmas.org to see what these families need, then drop off your donations to 810 West, 200 North in Logan. Thank you for helping these deserving families, and thanks for caring this Christmas. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Eric Franson and Jason Walker here in the Full Court Press, 5879 by the way. Uh, sending us a screenshot. Uh, it was the PFF honorable mention for for Hunter Reynolds. So I saw All American got all excited, <laughs> but yeah, the AP. I don't think that uh, I don't think that's been released just yet. It wasn't because I looked up, um, you know, AP All American team. It was just a bunch of preseason stuff, um, and I think PFF, PFFs, but you know. Yeah, like Utah State puts the PFF All American stuff in their media guide. Now they're prestigious enough. There's a few organizations that are kind of in the club of able to hand out All American awards, like PFF. AP is obviously the big one. That's the one everybody. That's the kind of the gold standard. Yeah, uh, I think CBS or some CBS ish. I don't know what the exact CBS Sports or whatever. I think they have one. And certainly there's other organizations, but there's only a small group that are like, okay, actual All-American. Yes. All right, let's get to it. our pick six, the six things we think might happen this weekend. Um, I think you won last time. I th- no, I think you did. Or did I win? I think you won. It's been a minute since we did it. So yeah, it's been a, been a couple of weeks. Um, okay, I'm just going to get right into mine then. 
Utah tackles for loss versus USC in the Pac-12 title game. Five and a half. So Utah's tackle for loss against the, against USC. Correct. And it's five and a half. Yes. I'm going to take the, uh, the under. Okay. I'm going to take the over. All right. USU three-pointers made versus Utah Tech. Setting the line at eight and a half. I got to go over. Yeah, I'll take the over as well. <laughs> That's like low. <laughs> and then Utah Jazz turnovers versus the Trailblazers on Saturday, setting the line at 16 and a half. On Saturday? Utah Jazz? Oh, I think we said Trailblazers. I defaulted to Utah Tech. <laughs> that can be confusing. Um, so the Jazz turnovers against Portland, what was it again? 16 and a half. Um, gonna go under. Okay. I'm gonna take the over. All right, what do you got? All right, so uh, first one rebounds by Taylor Funk against Utah Tech. Over under eight and a half. Ooh, I'm gonna take the under. I was going to take the under. I'll take the over. I'll go over. <laughs> okay. You certainly have a size advantage. I think it's just the, the reason I was going to take the under is because I don't think he's going to play as much. Because, mm. you know, blowout. Uh, number two, uh, pick Utah State's leading scorer. Uh, we'll, I'll, I'll give you three options. Taylor Funk, Stephen Ashworth, those are your top two leading scorers. Or you can pick the field. And that's for the game tonight? Yeah, the game tonight. So Funk, Ashworth, or the field where it's just everybody else. I'm going to take the field. All right. I'm going to take Ashworth. Okay. Uh, U.S. versus Netherlands. That's on Saturday. At least that's what ESPN told me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, total goals, just from both teams. Total goals. Over, under, two and a half. I will take the under. I'll take the over. Oh, Interesting. All right, and uh, tiebreaker. Yeah, I came up with a tiebreaker. Pretty cheap one. Uh, just a uh, score prediction. Uh, Packers-Bears, 11 a.m. Sunday. Score prediction. Oh, um, I, I will take Packers 27 to 21. <laughs> I was thinking like 27 for the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> that was probably really close to what I was thinking I was going to do. Um I'll say 28-24, also the Packers. I'll go a little different there. 28-24? Yeah, 28-24, Packers. Okay. I still don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to play. I think they said he was going to, or at least he was planning on it. He had, like, multiple injuries that he's been playing with. Yeah, he's got the thumb, now he's got the ribs. We may see a lot more Jordan Love. Yeah, he got to play a little bit. Packers fans have suddenly are very much on the Jordan Love bandwagon. Like, every other week he's trending on Twitter with people saying, you know, Jordan Love could do this and not cost $50 million a year. <laughs> so uh, they, they've hated that pick, then loved it, then hated it, and now they love it again. Uh, by the way, 9315 texting in, pick six, Eric or Jason or someone else have the longest losing streak. Who would that be? Is Jason or Eric who has won the most so far? Oh, since me coming on? It's me. Yeah, definitely Jason has won the most since he joined the program. Eric's won like three, maybe four times. I had a, I had like lost 
10 weeks in a row? Yeah, something like that. I think it, there were a few weeks where he didn't do it, so I think it was of the times we did it, it was like seven or eight in a row. Yeah, it was bad. Trying to start a new streak here now. Yeah, you went two or three weeks in a row, so I think you're at like four, and I'm probably like 10. I don't know. I haven't really been keeping track. I just know that those those are ballpark numbers. I'm somewhere between 9 and 11. You're somewhere between like 4 and 6. A reminder, no show for us tomorrow. It'll be Skyview Basketball.